LinkedIn is more than just an online CV. Offering a publishing platform, research tools and discussion groups, LinkedIn is effectively a global, virtual networking event. And yet many people still treat it just as a showcase for a brief summary of their career, rather than using it as a research tool to find new clients and to attract new customers to their businesses. My guest today has become successful and well-known training financial professionals about the benefits of LinkedIn. He's also set up his own online financial services community called IFA Life and is a passionate champion of social media and business development ideas. Hear how you can fine-tune your LinkedIn profile to boost your position in search so that potential clients can find you. Listen to Phil's tips on how to use LinkedIn to identify potential customers and approach them for a positive response. That's all right here in episode 31 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome. You're listening to the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. So let's get started with this week's interview and I am delighted to introduce you to my guest today and he is Phil Calvert. Phil is a professional speaker and founder of an award-winning business social networking site. He speaks at conferences and trains leaders on best practice in using social media to increase sales, how to manage professional identities with LinkedIn and social media, and building community around online brands. The story of how he created his social networking site reveals behind-the-scenes insights in how to make social media really work, one that prompts organizations to radically rethink their approach to using LinkedIn and online networking. Phil specializes in working with leaders, visible experts, sales teams, regulated industries, and companies that struggle to get meaningful results from social media. Many are shocked when he reveals how many sales opportunities they've missed by tinkering around the edges with LinkedIn. In his spare time, Phil shares one of my own passions. He is a keen yoga practitioner. So, Phil, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Hi, Roger. How are you? I'm very well indeed. And and how's the weather down south? It's snowing. (laughs) It's snowing. So you haven't been and done your yoga practice this morning, I assume? Not not today. I do it four times a week. And uh, yesterday was the big one of the week. I do a 90-minute ashtanga. Uh, which is quite enough in any uh, any day, but it kind of sets you up for the next two or three days. I'm sure there's quite a few people listening to the podcast now are thinking, oh, I hope these two aren't going to start talking about yoga because there is a little bit of a, I don't know, a, a problem with yoga and blokes, isn't there? I mean, I teach yoga. I've been teaching it for nearly 10 years now, and on average I get in a class of maybe 15 people, one or two men at the most it's mainly a, a pastime that women participate in how did you get into yoga uh, i was doing kickboxing to guildford academy of martial arts 
And one particular day, the uh, the owner said they were going to get in a yoga teacher who specialised in helping sports people uh, to get more out of their sports. Uh, and so they put on a session for yoga for people who do kickboxing. Right. And I thought, well, I'll give that a go. And within the first 10 minutes, I suddenly realised, well, this was a better type of pain. Uh, and, I was, <laughs> and I was enjoying it uh, at kickboxing and just fell for it literally straight away. And... Um, there were quite a few guys doing that then, and then I um, we moved, and I was quite keen to find a, another yoga class, and was quite fortunate that around where we live, uh, there, there's there's quite a few. But you're quite right. So when I went to the first first class, out of uh, 12 people in the class, I was the only guy there, and that was two three years ago now, and I'm still the only guy in our in our yoga class. But the funny thing is that only this morning I saw online somewhere that in the States there's a, a thing called Broga, which is starting <laughs> to get popular, which they say is yoga for men, but, but a lot with a lot more moves and a, and a lot more uh, sweat, I guess. And they say, and even girls are enjoying it too. You know, when you look at, when you look at yoga, you suddenly realize that this is one of these things that, um, you know, if you don't want to be in your, in your old age sitting in front of a TV all day, uh, you've got to be moving around now, and I'm already seeing huge benefits from it in in all sorts of different ways. And I guess you know yoga's been around for quite a few years now, and there's been plenty of time to figure out uh, the poses and the moves. And and it, it 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 is absolutely amazing. People are often saying, "How can you lose so much weight? How can you look so fit and healthy when all you seem to do is lie around on the floor, not doing much?" Exactly, and now, of course, you can sit in front of the television and wrap your legs around the back of your neck. Quite so, yes. I do that all the time. <laughs> so it would be great to talk about yoga all morning, Phil, but I think we should move things on to business now. So before we get into talking about our topic today, which I think we're going to explore LinkedIn and social media and how financial advisors and financial services professionals can benefit from LinkedIn, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you came from, your ambitions, and basically what makes you tick. Okay, well, I got into... Um the wonderful world of financial services in about 1978. I didn't go to university or college. I did my A-levels and went straight into the world of work. Uh, I know your background is quite a lot on protection, and I joined a company called NEL, National Employers Life, which for those IFAs listening to this uh, is, is fundamentally Unum now, who are very, very strong on this. Uh, on, on protection. And I was there for about 12 years. Um, I started out sort of being a pension scheme administrator, which didn't really do it for me. And almost immediately they said, oh, I think you'd be better out in sales. So within six months, I was, I was out on the road as a broker consultant or inspector, as they, as they called us back then. Inspectors. Yeah. I yeah. remember that title. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great job. And, um, and it basically seemed to involve taking IFAs to the pub. Uh, quite a lot, and um, well, that was all it really was. <laughs> the pub, and I did that for, for I said about twelve years. Uh, I did a very brief stint as, a, as an IFA, and I, to be quite honest, I didn't really in, enjoy it at all. I thought the grass was greener on the other side. It wasn't. I learned more about what it takes to be an IFA and how to run an IFA's business. You know, in the first week of joining that IFA firm, than I did in twelve years on, on calling on on IFAs. Um, so very different insights for me. Uh, then I joined Zurich Life again as a, as a broker consultant uh, and uh, went into the national account side 
And nine years later, I left Zurich Life as head of national accounts, went to a couple of other protection companies and was eventually made redundant and um, went out on my own as a, as a self-employed sales and marketing consultants to both providers and financial advisors. And I was really keen that we used that I use the internet as, as much as I possibly could. And uh, around then I discovered a website called Academy. That's Academy with a dot com. Uh, Academy was around about three or four years before LinkedIn. Okay. So, it was, so it was probably the, the first business focused social networking site in the world. Um, and the really interesting thing about it was, was that you could network and interact and engage and share best practice with people, but do it all online. Now, you know, everybody knows that, that you really have to see the whites of people's eyes. And I never really saw online networking as a substitute for face to face networking, but it was a great way to complement your face to face networking. And I quickly realized in actual fact that, that it could not only complement it, but it could create face-to-face networking opportunities. So you would meet people online and you'd meet them in the real world uh, and vice versa. You could meet people in the real world then cement the relationships online as well. And I thought, well, it might be quite interesting if we could set up a, if you like, a group. You know, you have groups on LinkedIn. Well, we set up a group on Academy for IFAs and we called it IFA Life. We quite quickly got to about 400 members, and they did exactly what we thought they would do. They networked with each other, they interacted, they engaged, they asked each other questions, they helped each other out. And it, you know, amazed me the willingness which IFAs were there to, to help and support each other. And a couple of years later, we realized that we ought to build a separate website, and that's, that's the site that we have there today at ifalife.com. And we've got over 10,500 members. The overwhelming majority of them are financial advisors. The rest are providers and journalists and, and other industry hangers-on. And we still see the same thing today. IFAs use a site to network, interact, engage, share best practice, help each other out. And again, it never ceases to amaze me, the willingness with which IFAs will go to provide help and support to each other. And, you know, I don't think there is a single question about running a financial advice business or a financial planning business that can't be answered or indeed hasn't already been answered on the site. So, uh, you know, we're, we're very proud of it. And where do you see the, uh, where do you see the future of IFA life? Because it, it really is quite a, a, a large site now as you say you've you've got answers to pretty much every business question that there can be you've got articles you've got downloads and of course you've got a very well attended forum where people just post questions and people post answers or people might just ask ask about a news item they've read in money marketing or financial advisor and people give their opinions on that where's the future for ifa life yeah that's that's a really good question the questions that are asked on the forum as you say they're they're uh, far and wide and um there's quite a lot on exams and professional qualifications. Uh, there's quite a bit on technical stuff as well. And one of the uh, a recent trend we're starting to see is more and more financial advisors building relationships with financial advisors around the world. Because we now live in a world where more and more uh, IFA's clients travel the world and indeed live overseas. So we're starting to see some questions about best practice across 
international borders, which uh, you know is, is quite an interesting one for us. That, that, that we're quite so it'll be interesting to see where that goes in terms of the future. But something we're starting to focus on now is we are now seeing uh, very noticeably a younger generation of advisors starting to appear. Many of them starting to appear as para planners. And we're seeing an awful lot about, a lot of questions about how can I get started in the industry? What can I expect to earn? What professional qualifications do I need? Uh, what sort of firms should I be following? And we're starting to see middle-aged to older advisors sharing their own thoughts about the profession and the, and the way forward for that. So there is this figure that floats about that says, that the average age of a financial advisor is something like 54. Um, I don't believe that for a moment. I think it's actually in the 40s now, somewhere along there, because more and more are retiring. RDR has, has created uh, more early retirements as well. But we're starting to see the younger advisors starting through. So a lot of our focus now is going to be on international-based best practice, skills. Uh, now that we're through RDR as well, we're starting to see more and more questions about personal development, business development, um, and we're seeing good old-fashioned discussions about, you know, presentation skills, sales skills, marketing, really reassuring. So the site constantly, constantly changes, and, you know, we have to kind of stay on top of this as, as to where we take it. But I inevitably, a lot of the activity is going to be on mobile, so a big project that we have this year is to really up our game in terms of how IFAs interact with us on mobile devices. Of course, now that RDR is out of the way, I think a lot of financial advisors and financial services professionals are turning their attention to the marketing of their own businesses more than ever before. And obviously, mm. IFA Life fits in with that perfectly, where you can go and find the answers to marketing questions and business development questions. And of course, I've found with running the uh, Marketing Protection and Finance podcast that the most popular episodes are those ones like we're having conversations today that lead to ideas that advisors and financial professionals can use to grow their businesses yeah, so, yeah. so so turning to to LinkedIn and social media Phil you've become extremely successful going out there doing presentations coaching and running sessions about how to develop your businesses by using LinkedIn and other social media what was that light bulb moment where were you when that light bulb went off and you thought LinkedIn Here's an opportunity for me. Um, actually, it wasn't link LinkedIn that. Uh, excuse my um, tweet deck going off. I can't actually figure out how to turn it off. It, it sounds. It sounds very Star Trekky, doesn't it? It is a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm trying to get rid of it, but it won't go away. But there we go. Interesting. When, when I went into when I first went self-employed, one of the things I used to do when I was with product providers. You know, as a broker consultant, the role was very much go and call on financial advisors by appointment and obviously try and attract, attract business to them. And one of the things I realized quite early on was that, you know, for a financial advisor, there is nothing more dull than a product provider turning up on their doorstep and start telling them about some wonderful new bond or mortgage product or protection product. That's not really what they wanted or what they were about. What they what really turned them on was business development ideas, but ideas that could help them find more referrals, ideas that could build better relationships with professional connections, ideas that would you know help them to be much more visible locally. In other words, marketing and business development. So I, I used to put on workshops 
specifically for that. So rather than me going to see the IFAs each week, I would try and get them to come and see me. And we'd put on workshops on, you name it, we'd put it on. Um, and one of the things we found that, that was particularly popular with financial advisors was how to put on seminars and workshops. You know, it is still the case, although I'm the first person to say that the internet and social media is a really, really powerful way for financial advisors to raise their profile. I'm still the first person to say, actually, if you really, really want to find high quality new inquiries, then you should be putting on seminars and workshops. In fact, you go, you go to any financial advisor, any financial planner in the United States, uh, and they will tell you that the most successful financial advisors, not just in the States, but around the world, are financial advisors who have seminars and workshops as part of their proposition. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean seminars and workshops just to, to bring in new clients, but seminars and workshops that add value to existing clients, that add value to local professional connections, but also seminars and workshops that you charge people to come along to. It's another way to deliver financial expertise. I often say to, to, to IFAs that you know financial advice, financial planning is not something that necessarily has to be done between consenting adults in the <laughs> IFA's office or in the, or in the client's home. Financial information can be delivered and indeed sold to people in a variety of different ways. And seminars and workshops are one of those. So I used to put on a load of these. And I remember for, for, for one company, we were, went around the whole country putting on uh, a, a seminar on seminars, we used to call it. We used to do a whole day workshop for IFAs on how to put on seminars. And we, f- we found that after doing that, it got, it became so much easier for other broker consultants to then get in through the doors of these IFAs. And we found our sales figures just shooting up. Why? Because we were adding value to the, to the IFA. So I always found that, that giving IFAs information that would help them grow their businesses was the first and foremost. And then, you know, the internet comes along and, with that comes a wealth of access to information and resources and guidance that financial advisors can use. Um, and because I discovered social media quite early on in the very, very early days, it's something I've, I've sort of looked at in detail. Um, and I share with IFAs what I have learned about, you know, how to enhance the perception of, of your uh, professionalism, your credibility, your reputation, um, your expertise through these particular sites. And um, when I ask financial advisor audiences, and I do this every single time, I always say, hands up if you're on LinkedIn. And guess what? Almost everybody puts their hands up. Well, I then say to them, and now put your hands up if you know why you're on LinkedIn. Okay. And hardly anybody puts their hands up. They've all kind of found their way on there. So there was no real light bulb moment. It's just been social media has been an extension of something that I've always been really interested in. Do you think that quite a lot of people still see LinkedIn predominantly as like an online CV? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the number one reason why when I ask IFAs, hands up if you're on LinkedIn, they all put their hands up because they all are. Like, you know, um, over the years... Because Fred down the road um, is on LinkedIn, and because somebody else you know is on LinkedIn, or perhaps I ought to put myself on LinkedIn. We've all sort of cut and pasted our CVs up there, sat back and waited for the headhunters to call. They didn't, um, and we now find ourselves on there, not quite sure what to do with it. And we we hear 
there's hearsay that some people are, are making a lot of money by being on LinkedIn. And it's, it's very, very simple. It's like any other bit of software. Once you really dig into it and start um, investigating what the capabilities of, of this particular bit of software, then you begin to realize that we're only using a tenth, if that, of the capability. You talk to any back office software provider to, to IFAs, and they will tell you that, you know, most IFAs aren't using anything like the capability of the software. And at the end of the day, LinkedIn is just a bit of software powered by people. And once you know how to use the software, then amazing things happen. And of course, LinkedIn is not just a place you can display your career to date. You can publish content such as articles and videos. You can not only look for jobs, but you can look for staff as well. You can connect with people from all over the world, perhaps connect with people in different industries or people that you would never have thought of connecting to at all. It really is a virtual networking event in the cloud. So let's just think about what financial professionals can do to spruce up their LinkedIn profiles, Phil. What would you say are the one or two main amendments that they should make so that it really starts to work for them. Okay, well, I think the first thing financial advisors need to do is to understand what LinkedIn is and what what you can what you can do with it. And then when you know that, then depending on your own business proposition as as an IFA, you can then start thinking, oh, okay, right now I get this. Now within the context of my own business plan, my own business strategy. Uh, I can see which aspects of LinkedIn are most appropriate to me. So the first thing we have to realize about LinkedIn is, yes, it is a job site, a very fancy job site at that, and LinkedIn still make a huge amount of its revenue from recruitment-related activities, but it is now a real-time networking platform. So let's just explain a little bit more about that. The first thing we have to realize about LinkedIn is because we have all cut and pasted our CVs onto LinkedIn in our tens of millions, uh, and in the UK there's something like, there's over 330 million people on LinkedIn worldwide, and in the UK they're approaching 16 million people now. 16 million, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's huge. And it, there are people joining at the rate of two new people every second, something like that anyway. You have to realize that because all, all this data is sitting on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is now a massive database of data. We've all uploaded this phenomenal amount of information on there. And in turn, it means it is sitting there for anybody to go in and and filter and use in a variety of different ways. So... Financial advisors can use LinkedIn as a tool to do research on companies, on individuals, on potential professional connections and other professional. So use it as a research tool first and foremost. Whenever I talk about social media to any audience for that matter, whether I'm talking in the automotive industry, in the tourism industry, um, in regulated industries, when you start talking about social media, people's heads first start thinking about sales and marketing, when in actual fact, that's just one of the many ways that, that you could use this stuff. LinkedIn is at its most powerful when you use it as a research tool. And all of us are interested in different topics, different areas of expertise, and the wealth of information that's sitting on LinkedIn is absolutely phenomenal. So that said, it's a research tool. What could IFAs be doing to start getting more out of it? The first thing they should really do is to spend a good couple of hours at least sprucing up their profile page. 
Okay. At best, there's their name and a, and a little bit about some of the companies they used to work for and a little bit of a few summaries, and you can see a link to some of the groups they've joined, and that's about it, to be quite honest. Now, one of the reasons you need to really put some effort onto your LinkedIn profile is that LinkedIn rewards you for having a complete profile. And there's a little wizard you get at the top of the page which asks you questions. It's like a prompt. It asks you questions, you answer the questions, and slowly but surely you fill out your profile page. Absolutely. So, Every time I log into LinkedIn, even now, my profile's about 99% finished, but every time I log in, it keeps asking me to tell it what societies I was a member of when I was at Leeds University. And every time I log in, I click the little um, cross to get rid of it because I'm thinking, surely nobody's really interested in that. But it really does keep prompting you until you're going to be full at 200%. Well, I'll tell you why that's important in just a second, the society is, because uh, every little aspect can actually help you in a variety of variety of different ways. So how does LinkedIn reward you for filling out your profile properly? Well, it, when people use LinkedIn as a search engine, and I call it the people search engine, because, you know, most people, if you go to meet them for the first time, you know, you might Google them, and quite often you don't find out much about them. But if you go onto LinkedIn, you'll find out a reasonable am- amount about them. So two things come out of this. Firstly, if you fill out your profile in full on LinkedIn, when people do Google you, your LinkedIn profile page appears in about the third place of search results on Google. So there's the first benefit. So fill out your LinkedIn profile page, you'll appear in Google search results. Secondly, when people are using LinkedIn as a search engine, and when people are looking for expertise on particular areas in particular locations, LinkedIn rewards people by pushing you higher up the search results on LinkedIn. Right. So even if you are the expert on long-term care planning or inheritance tax planning or, or whatever, if you haven't filled out your profile, you won't necessarily appear high up in the search results. So LinkedIn rewards you by filling out your profile in detail. But it's not it's not also just about filling out your profile, because anyone can do that. We can we can put any old rubbish in there. One of the things you really need to do is to think about well, what is my expertise? What words if someone types specific words into the LinkedIn search engine, if people type these words into the search engine, what are the words that will result in me appearing high up in the in the search results? Keywords, effectively, yeah. Yeah. Um, So one of the things you need to do is you need a clean sheet of paper and you want to write down about 10 to 15 keywords that sum up what you're about. So if you were a mortgage advisor, for sake of argument, some of your keywords might include remortgage, first-time buyer, um, that kind of thing, yeah? Yeah. Um, If you were an an expert on pensions, then you'd have a list of keywords that that were specifically focused around pensions and retirement planning and and so on and so forth. Now, it may be that you can't come up with 10 to 15 keywords, and even if you come up with half a dozen, that's fine. As an exercise in itself, it helps you to focus on, you know, what am I really about? What is my expertise? And what you need to do is to put these keywords in order of importance um, list, them, list them all out and then rank them so that the most important keyword is at the very, very top of the list. And then put the first five keywords, so these are the five most important keywords, list, get them into every single section of your LinkedIn profile, every single section. 
And if you're short on time, you could literally just cut and paste them in there. Even in your headline that comes under your name on LinkedIn, get your most important keywords in there. Now, as I said, you can cut and paste them in there, but far better is to weave them into some carefully crafted prose uh, that you get in. Now, just doing that exercise alone will make a dramatic difference to your visibility on LinkedIn. Just doing that alone. If you pay for the even the most basic premium version of LinkedIn, when you edit the summary section of your profile, uh, a little pop-up appears which actually suggests some keywords to you based on what people are actually searching for on LinkedIn, which is quite a nice little tool in its own right. So if you're not quite sure what keywords, LinkedIn's algorithm looks over your profile, it knows what sort of industry you're in, it will find other people like yourself, and it will actually suggest some keywords that you might want to use on your profile. So that's a start. Really good tips there, Phil, and uh, even the idea of the keywords is something that a lot of people just just don't know and uh, if you can show up in search more often then you're more likely to get a call for people wanting to uh, talk to you about as you say long-term care or mortgages or whatever it is as opposed to it just being I am a financial advisor full stop. We do, we do a whole day workshop for our, for IFAs. We've got one on the 16th of April that's coming up in London. And one of the things that, that we do is sometimes people actually do this live. They hop onto the internet in the workshop and they start adding these keywords to the sections of their profile. Uh, and they, <laughs> I love it because they start shouting out, wow, I've gone from a hundredth place up to fifth place. <laughs> <laughs> For a particular keyword. So we've seen people doing this live in, in front of us, and it makes literally an immediate difference to their visibility. And that's just one tip, you know? I mean, that's one tip, but it's a very important tip because it gets you found as an individual. And, of course, in this world, in this digital space, getting found is one of the most important things. But you also alluded to the fact that, obviously, LinkedIn is a very strong marketing platform now. Yeah. So if you – let's assume that you've got a profile. It's 80 to 90 percent complete so you're doing all right you're showing up quite nicely in the search what are the ways that advisors can use linkedin to, to prospect for customers okay well let's use the example that you just gave me yourself where you said you were you were prompted to put in societies that you were that you were a member of at, at university yeah this is in the section where you can put in you can list out your education and where you were and so on and so forth and what most people do if they even get to this bit of their profile, is they list out where they went to university and then they leave it at that. There's also another section where you can list out your personal interests. Now, and this does much the same as the societies. So for sake of argument, maybe your personal interests are yoga or golf or kickboxing or rugby or something like that. One of the things you can do, you want to list out your interests and indeed your societies, which essentially are interests, things that you used to do. Maybe it was debating, maybe it was sport, maybe it was hockey, something like that. Um, and rather than writing out a long sentence that says something like, well, I'm interested in yoga and I like walking holidays in Spain, what you want to do is actually put one word or two words, then a comma. So literally separate your interests by with a comma. Then what happens, and a lot of people don't realize this, these words then become clickable. So maybe uh, yoga is a an interest of yours, okay? So you list it out in the interest section, and you click on the word yoga once you've put it in there. 
it will then sh- LinkedIn will then show you everybody else on LinkedIn who's got yoga in their profile as well, which is quite an interesting activity in, in its own right. Then you can filter it by industry and you can filter it by location. So for sake of sake of argument, you can find people where you have something in common with them. And this is one of the, the most important things to remember about any kind of networking activity, uh, any kind of online networking activity as well, is that human beings are drawn to other people where they've got something in common with them. Indeed, yeah. And that is, we grossly underestimate uh, this one. Again, when I'm doing workshops, when we do the introductions, we go around the room, people tell us about what they do and their, and their areas of expertise and where they come from. But I always ask people, Tell me one thing that you're passionate about outside work. And we get people say, oh, I'm interested in rugby. And then we get various football clubs come up. Uh, but it's the more obscure ones that I'm interested in. You know, somebody say, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a triathlete or, um, you know, I play the, play the banjo or something like that. And guess what? There's always more than one person in a room full of people who've got the same thing in common. And come the coffee break, I watch an interesting thing happen. The banjo players or the Leeds United uh, supporters or the people who do Pilates, slowly but surely they gradually work towards each other and a conversation starts going. People are naturally attracted to other people where they've got something in common at the most basic level, be it yoga, football, running, cycling, whatever. And you can use LinkedIn to find people uh, that you've got something in common with. So, for example, one of my target audiences is conference organisers. Um, I want to find people who will book me to speak at conferences. Uh, now, I, if I go on to LinkedIn, uh, that just one group on LinkedIn has got a hundred thousand event planners. But, you know, the chances of me having something in common with all of them, other than the fact that we both do events, are pretty slim. So what I do is I use my interests section to click on something, one of my interests, and I go through them all. I've got everything in there. I've got red wine. I've got yoga. I've got sport. I've got French markets. You know, you name it. I go through each and every one of them, and then I f- use the filters on the left side of LinkedIn to find specific industries, and then that narrows down the list so I can find a list of event planners or conference organizers uh, who, who do yoga. And then I can approach them because guess what? I've got something in common with them. And I would say I've got a 99% success rate uh, when I want to connect with people because I've always, always, always personalized the connection request and said, oh, I was looking at your profile today. I see you do yoga, um, uh, something I do. And then I ask him a simple question. Uh, you know, um, you know, what type of yoga do you do and how long have you been doing it? This, this kind of thing. And 99% of the time, they reply. And when they reply, that means a dialogue will start going, and then you never know where that's going to lead. And I see you can do exactly the same thing with financial advisors as well. Start with things where you've got something in common. So I think the next time I go onto LinkedIn and that Leeds University thing pops up, I'm going to have to fill it in. <laughs> fill it out. Fill out all those societies. Maybe you, maybe you did rowing, or I don't know what, what you did. But then once you filled out the things that you did, you can click on the words and you'll find everybody else 
on LinkedIn who's got that word in their profile as well. And then filter it by industry, by location, and sometimes you'll end up with a very, very small list of people. But my goodness, that's you have found the needles in the haystack. You never know. I might actually find a load of ex-prog rockers who need some marketing strategy done. (laughs) (laughs) You will. I guarantee it. You will. Phil, this has been absolutely fascinating talking to you about how you can use LinkedIn not only to increase your chance of being found on the internet but also how you can increase your chance of finding new customers we could probably spend the rest of the day talking about LinkedIn and indeed you do spend a lot of time talking about LinkedIn at your seminars and your presentations and at the end of the podcast I'll give the opportunity to tell financial advisors listening to the empath podcast today how they can get involved in your next seminar which i think you said was in april but before we go can i just finish by asking you four quickfire business questions okay if there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry phil perhaps by waving the magic wand what would it be more passion well, you know, one thing we're pretty good at is professionalism. Um, you know, the strive for uh, professional qualifications, great, job done, getting better all the time. But uh, professionalism, I think, is is almost a waste of time without passion. I want to see a lot more passion for what we do. Passion is fantastic. What's the one business model, product or campaign that's caught your attention in the last year, even if it was from a competitor? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Well, I'll tell you what I I like. Um, Nucleus, the rap people. Um, Just the way they conduct themselves uh, generally throughout the industry, throughout the profession. They're a bit more relaxed. And I also like the the concentration on getting across their people. I've always liked the idea that people buy people. You know, they always have done and they always will. And when you look at the people at Nucleus, uh, they get themselves out there. They get known. They're friendly. Uh, they listen to what people have to say, and you know even their website reflects that as well. Last time I looked at their website, the the, the people page has got photographs of, of you know every member of staff. Uh, I want to see people doing more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and of course, Nucleus have got passion. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your life and your business. Oh, oh, blimey. Well, um, I've, I've gone down the, the Google route um, for, for pretty well everything. I'm, I'm going to open up my phone right now and let's see which ones jump out at me. They're not necessarily apps that have made a big difference to my business, although having said that, um, I, yesterday I downloaded the LinkedIn Contacts app. Uh, until yesterday, it's only been available on iOS, but it's now available on Android, and I'm an Android fan. Um, and LinkedIn Contact, basically, all it does, flashes up to you on a daily basis what your connections on LinkedIn uh, are doing. Maybe they've just had a work anniversary, maybe they've got a new job, and it gives me a very, very quick way to just interact and engage with my network of contacts, um, to maybe revive a relationship that, you know, I haven't spoken to someone for a year, uh, I can see it's their birthday or they've got a new job, I can quickly send them a personalized note, note, personalized note, that, that says, oh, congratulations on the new job, or blind, I didn't realize you'd been there for 25 years, and guess what happens? They always reply, you know, and, and that starts a dialogue going again. So uh, LinkedIn Contacts app uh, has, you know, I've only had it a day, and it's been of immediate benefit. And finally, what's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. 
Oh, it's by a guy called Phil Calvert, and it's called Successful Seminar Selling. Uh, how to plan, promote, and present the perfect seminar. Uh, that's one of my favourites, but actually the one I've just really enjoyed reading is Talk Like Ted. I've uh, read that. Yeah, by Carmine Gallo. Um, you know, everybody loves a TED Talk, quite apart from being incredibly educational. The TED, this particular book, t- talks about all sorts of techniques for public speaking, uh, and this ticks a lot of boxes for me, but it also ticks my other passion, uh, and that is of encouraging financial advisors to get up on their feet and not necessarily rely on the internet and, and technology, but to get on their feet and take every single opportunity they can to present at networking opportunities, at seminars, at conferences, because guess what happens? Um, you know, even if you're not being paid to speak in a, at an event, when you speak to a group of people, unexpected doors always open. That's fantastic, Phil. Before we sign off... It's very important that everybody finds out how to contact you. Now, I'm going to put up all your contact details on the show notes for this podcast, but just tell us, how should people connect with you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, and, of course, your website? Um, If they just search Philip Calvert with one L on Google, everything comes up on the first page of results. Uh, It's that simple. Fantastic. Phil, thanks so much for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you again in the future. And now I'm just off to add my interests onto LinkedIn. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Roger. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You can be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?